Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of The Song of the Mountain, a podcast where we talk about the deep and profound ways that stories impact us and the kind of lives that those stories might be calling us into. In this first episode, we're going to talk about the big idea for the podcast and where the name came from and some of the big questions that it's here to ask you. So without further ado, let's jump in. Stories are as old as we are. For all of recorded history that we know of, we've been making up stories that contain miraculous stuff, like gods and goddesses and supernatural occurrences, sentient animals and superpowers and all kinds of crazy things. Now, you might be tempted to think, if you didn't know any better, that living in this age of empiricism, of rationalism, of science that we find ourselves in, we would have done away with all that silly storytelling nonsense. After all, we know none of this stuff is real, right? And if so, why wouldn't we just let go of all our crazy, weird stories? But that's not what's happened at all. In fact, flying in the face of rationalism, I think storytelling has exploded today in a way that it never has before in human history. Think about it. There are people who write stories for a living and make millions of dollars doing it. We have people whose full-time job it is just to edit parts of stories to make sure they're really awesome. There are special machines and technology we've invented that literally just exist to tell better stories. And that's to say nothing of the new mediums we've invented of storytelling, like video games that take us beyond passive observation and make us feel like we are the characters in that story. Dr. Charlie Starr writes this in his book, The Fawn's Bookshelf, C.S. Lewis on Why Myth Matters. Uh, for context, he's talking about Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and George Lucas's Star Wars. He says, The most important stories written in the modern age of scientific fact were myths and were purposefully written to be mythic and to give myths to an age that the authors thought desperately needed it. Since then, the impact of mythic tales in our culture has only increased to the point, for example, that what used to be the stuff of comic book stories, mostly for young readers and then mostly for boys, has developed into a mass industry of blockbuster superhero movies. From the occasional Batman or X-Men movie, we have moved into a period of five or six superhero blockbusters per year plus several television spin-off series. We have invented our gods, put them in spandex, and given them stories, tales that draw us into dark temples, now called movie theaters, where we offer monetary sacrifices to the gatekeepers, usually young acolytes off for the summer from school, make our votive offerings to obtain sacrificial corn of popping variety, and watch in darkness and firelight as the digital bards spin their tales. Plato might cringe at our voluntary return to his allegorical cave. And here's something I think is significant to highlight in what Dr. Starr is saying. These stories 
they're not often documentaries, the ones most of us are enjoying. We're not talking about nature shows and historical occurrences and stuff like that. We're talking about straight fiction, things that never happened, fantasy worlds like the Avengers, the Sandman, and the like. I used to work at Netflix, and at the time, the head of content, Ted Sarandos, was talking to us about the top 10 movies of the previous year. I think it was 2020. And at Netflix, we had two different categories of movies that he was talking about. Movies that um, connect, so movies that are grounded in the reality of this world that help us connect directly to this world. And the second category is escape. Movies that are so fictional, so out there, they're more about getting out of this world into a completely different one. And wouldn't you know it, that eight of the top 10 movies of 2020 were in the escape category. All right, we all know something about this, don't you? Like so many of us, when you're coming home from the end of a long, tiring day, don't you turn to some kind of fictional story to feel refreshed? Maybe even stories that are completely wild and different from this world. But regardless of what kind of story you listen to, isn't it odd that we return to worlds and stories that aren't real for refreshment after a tiring day in your real life? For me, it's almost like I need something to counterbalance the mundane or boring or cyclical life that I often experience in this world by going to a world in stories that is magical and wonderful, where there's adventure and risk and all the kinds of things I don't always experience here. Maybe it's in subconscious preparation for perhaps our oldest form of story experience as we dream where four to six times a night, regardless of whether you remember it, your subconscious self manifests your deepest desires and fears and everything in between as stories. The reason I'm telling you all this is to ask this question. What is going on here? Why do stories matter so much to us? Why do we get addicted to certain television series? Why do we sit in a dark room huddled together with a bunch of other people we don't know and look at this screen that has images of people and worlds that were made up? Why do people get addicted to video games? Why do some people, and maybe you're one of them, prefer the world of stories to their own lives? Now, you could try to explain all of this through some kind of scientific reductionist thinking. That is to say, you could reduce the answer to this question to a purely biological one. For example, you might say that TV or video game addiction is just, it's just the result of different chemicals that are released in the brain. So when you watch a story, or maybe when you play a video game is a better example, and you achieve some sort of milestone, your brain releases a chemical, and we get addicted to that video game just because we crave that chemical release, purely biological. Or maybe you have a more kind of cynical view of the story obsession of the modern world. Maybe it looks to you like wishful thinking, that we can't deal with the harsh realities of life, so we just make up stuff to make ourselves feel better, and that's kind of the end of the story. 
It's kind of how like a modern rationalist might look at someone from 800 years ago that believed all of the crazy myths that we think aren't true today. We look at them and say, oh, see, they didn't know any better. They just didn't have all the benefits of modern science to realize that none of this stuff is true. So they just made all those myths up to make themselves feel better. But I think something else is going on here that cannot be fully explained in biology, wishful thinking, or any other relatively dismissive position. Something that maybe can only be explained in stories. So, to help shed some light on that question of what is going on here with this storytelling obsession we have, I want to read you an excerpt of a children's book by David Soman called The Impossible Mountain. The story is about Anna, a spunky, purple-haired young lady and her little brother, Finn. They both live in a small village that's surrounded by a large rock wall. And that wall is really, really important to the villagers because it keeps out all the dangers of the outside world. But as you might guess, one day, Anna and Finn just have to climb the wall. And so they do. And as Anna looks out with the air hitting her face, she sees an enormous forest, this wild forest, and then beyond the forest, this majestic mountain. And then the book says this. After that, the mountain was always in Anna's thoughts, a song she could not stop hearing. As the time passed, the song grew clearer and stronger. It was the song about the world outside the village walls. A song about the mountain. A song about what might lie beyond it. Anna heard it, and then she knew, plainly knew, she had to climb the mountain. She had to see the world. I'm telling you this story because I think this is why we are so obsessed with stories. Because there is something in them that we feel, that we hear coming through them, that we want. When you come home from a long day, from whatever village you find yourself in, surrounded by whatever walls the adult world has put around you, you might feel tired and restless or even empty. And when you feel that, you might switch on your TV or open a book. And as you're immersed in the world of stories, you might, like Anna, hear the song of the mountain. As you look through the television screen or through the eyes of your imagination, this window outside of the village, you look out on the world that might be. And for many of us, this is the only window that allows us to see outside of the walls of our villages. And as you hear the song that might come through some of those stories, you might feel a sense of longing, something that is so deep, so far down there, that it might be hard to articulate. And it's down there because it's painful to even acknowledge that it's there. 
to even put your finger on it. And what I think that longing is, is that we want so much more than to just imagine the worlds and adventures and characters we experience in stories. We want something of that story to spill over into our lives. The teenager who feels lost, unloved, and unseen doesn't want to just read about Harry Potter's invitation to Hogwarts. They want a real invitation. An invitation into a life of wonder, of magic, of purpose, of friendship, of mentorship, of challenge. Or to the adult who goes about their mundane, meandering life, much like Jake Sully at the beginning of the Avatar movie. They want so much more than to just watch a movie about somebody who gets a new body with enhanced strength and abilities and goes to live with the Na'vi, this paradise of natural wonders, of community, and a connection to the divine. In other words, the song you sometimes hear in stories has a source. Something that we need to follow after and not just sit on the walls of our village looking out at the mountain. We're meant to go climb it. So to sum all this up, the podcast is here to ask you one simple question. What kind of life are the stories you love calling you into? As you go about your week, if you happen to hear that song in one of the stories you fly off to some evening, I hope that you'll listen to it. Listen to it maybe a little more intently. I'm Jesse Livingston. And I'll see you next time.